What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. This week it is episode 97, and we are talking the iconic Metal Gear Solid for the original PlayStation. This is uh, this is the show that covers the far less popular and less loved Metal Gear Solid 2 before they cover the original iconic groundbreaking Metal Gear Solid 1 because we play by our own fucking rules here at Remember the Game Industries. But uh, it took a while, but we're finally there. We are paying tribute to one of the most iconic games of all time. Bradley McHugh of the Movie Epidemic Podcast is back on the show this week. And I'm telling you guys, we went deep into Metal Gear Solid. We pretty well broke down... Uh, the entire game so if you haven't played it by chance there are spoilers out the ass this time around just giving you the fair warning this is also a long one this is the longest episode we've ever done so i'm going to be as quick as i can through the intro and get to the episode about metal gear solid uh a quick little bit of patreon house cleaning including our switch light giveaway i'm so excited to finally be able to talk about this uh thank you to everyone that enjoyed the GameStop episode of expansion pass which is our patreon exclusive podcast that goes live every sunday uh if you missed it i broke down how i would try to save the company what i don't like about them what i do like about them and uh i just i don't know it's just i, I wasn't sure if anyone would like it or if they'd be like you're an idiot and your business plan sucks but people were like, hey, you're an idiot, but your business plan actually isn't that bad. So thanks for the nice feedback there. Uh, this Sunday's episode is going to be our monthly Q&A. Uh, and then I think I'm going to finish the month off by reviewing Streets of Rage 4. I just need a little bit more time to play it before I record uh, a review of it. So if you want to submit questions, topics, whatever you want for the Q&A episode, I try to address every single one. Uh, please, I'm going to just start saying, uh, shoot them to me on the Patreon page as we're taking away the prize jaws and stuff. I want to make sure Patreons feel like they're getting their money's worth. So for two bucks, you can submit your questions. I'll answer all of them. I'm going to put a topic in the Patreon page and you can just comment there with your questions or DM them to me if you prefer to do it that way. And, uh, if you want access to those, plus all of our old episodes, including a bunch of great game reviews and stuff that are in there, plus the ability to suggest games, vote on polls for the games that we talk about, submit questions, get a shout out on the show, all that stuff, just like these people are going to do. It's patreon.com slash remember the game, only $2 a month. Massive thank you to the following people. And I know sometimes when I do these shout outs, I try to give everyone a little bit of like a joke on their name or anything. We're picking up a lot of Patreons and it's getting really long. And so I'm trying to, I'm going to start doing them a little faster. I'm sorry but i gotta i just i don't want to i don't want you guys to have to listen to like 10 minutes of ram of my i mean you listen to that rambling every week but not of patreon plugs so anyway massive thank you to the following people josh from press start to join kate roberts keegan wilson kevin donlin cryptovox luke r lord egbert mark McHugh, the former hall of famer himself michael mathis the movie epidemic podcast nathan w my friend Ole MF, I'm going to say it like that because I think it sounds awesome, Patrick Crossman, Rex, and then our newest Patreons, all these people have signed up in the last six or seven days, Jordan, Chris Wilson, Dylan, Du Howe, Jason Cortez, and Kevin Hufford. Thank you so much for supporting the show over on Patreon, you guys, and if you would be interested, please consider it. It's only $2 a month. That's all we're asking for. Uh, quickly, the Switch Lite. I know that's what some of you are here for. We are giving away a Nintendo Switch Lite with episode 100, which will be going live on June 10th. I am looking at the Switch Lite right now. It's five feet away from me. It's that turquoise color. It looks really sharp. I took it out of the box just to see what it looks like. Dude, Switch Lights are rad. I think it looks awesome. Here's how we're giving it away. We can't do Patreons pay for entries into a random draw anymore. That's against the rules, and I don't want to get in trouble. So... 
If you are on Patreon, if you are supporting us as of the beginning of June, so if your June 1st payment goes through, you're automatically getting an enter into the draw. If you do not support us on Patreon, you can get in on the draw anyways. It is free to enter, no purchase necessary, okay? here I'm just asking, please only submit one email per person. Please don't be a dick and sign up like 12 emails and fucking get a whole bunch of entries. Like, I'm trying to do something nice. Please do something nice. What you got to do, if you want in on our draw for the, for the Switch Lite, send an email to memberthegame at gmail.com. The email is in the description of this podcast, so you can't miss it. All I need is your name and the answer to this Remember the Game trivia question, what is my favorite game of all time? Hint, it is the only game to get a perfect 10 on this show, all right? I want to make sure anyone entering at least semi-listens to the show and they're not, you know what I mean? So um, I've mentioned that a bunch of times. You have until June 8th to enter. Just send an email to that email address with the answer in your name. At, it's memberthegame at gmail.com. You have until June 8th. I'll reveal the, ep- the winner on episode 100 on June 10th. Good luck, everybody. I hope someone that really wants slash needs this thing wins it. And again, if you support the show on Patreon, in addition to getting the extra podcasts and everything like that, you are automatically getting an enter into the draw just like that. And there's the Patreon plug is done. Um, News. I don't have a ton of news this week to talk about, partially because I'm trying to hurry up and partially because there's not much. But um, the big news, I think, over the last seven days is that we are getting a new Paper Mario game. And that announcement came out of absolutely nowhere. I woke up to uh, a text message from my pal Chris, and then I sent a message to my pal Mark and my buddy Brad, and they both lost their minds too. And we're all excited. It came completely out of nowhere. Paper Mario, the Origami King, is releasing on the Nintendo Switch on July 17th. Uh, I'm very excited, but I will be waiting on a review before I buy it. And there's two reasons for that. The first reason is because I don't think we should be pre-ordering stuff. That's just me. It just gives companies a pass for releasing broken games if they've already got your money. They're like, yeah, we'll patch it eventually. Stuff like, nah, fuck that, okay? Plus, if you buy digital like I do, there's zero reason to pre-order because it'll be there. They're not going to sell out of copies. I can go download it, go for a coffee, go for a run, come home, and it's, well, I'm not going to go for a run, let's be honest, but I can do whatever I want. I come back, the game is sitting there. No need to pre-order it. Second reason, um, the early Paper Mario games, i.e. Paper Mario on the Nintendo 64 and Paper Mario the Thousand Year Door on the GameCube are awesome fucking awesome paper mario on the wii was yeah and it's been a very up and down franchise since those first two games um they seem to be hinting that they're going back to the roots god we can hope for that i uh i'm very cautiously optimistic that this is going to be a good game and the fact that this announcement came out of nowhere is insane to me i have zero doubt in my mind that was going to be one of the cornerstones of their e3 presentation this year because E3 got canceled, and it usually happens in the first half of June. I think it was like June 9th-ish this year. So it would make complete sense for Nintendo to drop this huge trailer, get everyone excited, and then be like, it'll be available in one month. And instead, they're like, let's just get it out now, because as I'm about to talk about, next month, I think the game announcements are about to fucking explode. I think it's going to be a crazy summer, man. Between the random Tony Hawk remake news that we got last week and now Paper Mario this week, I think we are going to see a summer of announcements. And obviously, there are websites like uh, IGN and stuff that are hosting summer of gaming and events and things like that. Xbox has got a ton of events planned. I know Ubisoft has an event planned. EA has an event planned. With E3 being gone, all these companies have all these announcements they wanted to make, and now they don't have a platform to make them on. So I think we're just going to see a summer of announcements, which is fucking awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. I love E3. And I love that weekend of just watching game releases and stuff like that. But you're telling me I'm going to potentially get a whole summer of just random game releases every day you wake up, you don't know? That sounds fucking awesome. 
right? And the thing is, is once you get into the fall, nobody wants to compete with the PS5 or the Xbox Series X. They don't have an E3 to promote or stuff at this time. So I think you are going to just see each other, each of these companies trying to beat each other the punch and punch and shine each other up and everything like that. And I think, I think it's going to be a fucking awesome summer for game announcements if you're a game nerd like I am and I'm assuming most of you are. And I'll tell you guys, just right now, June, Last of Us 2, July, Paper Mario and Ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima which uh, looks pretty fucking rad for the PS4. August, PGA Tour 2K21. September, Tony Hawk remakes and Cyberpunk. That is a freaking summer right there. Like, I have no need to go outside at all. Outside, there's viruses and giant hornets. Inside, there's just a dog and old video games. And that is fucking, what a list of games this summer. And then we got new systems in the fall, right? Plus, potentially, these Mario remakes. And who knows whatever else fucking pops up. That's exciting shit, man. I'm pumped. Um, and that's it. I think that's all the big news this week. Like I said, it's a long episode as it is. I'm going to get into what I've been playing, and then we'll get into Metal Gear Solid. Uh, what have I been playing over the last seven days? You may or may not be wondering. Uh, a lot of Final Fantasy 15 on Game Pass. Like I mentioned last week, most of the Final Fantasies are going to come there. And my goal is to just try to finish all of them, or at least most of them. Um, Final Fantasy 15 is okay. And I think if you read any review, anyone talking about it, that seems to be the overall consensus is it's like, you want to love it, but you don't. And I feel like that's how I feel. Every time I play it, I'm like, I want to like this so much more than I do. Story is a fucking disaster. The combat is hit and miss. The characters are cool. The graphics are great. I want to see how how it ends. So I'm going to play through the main story, but I don't think I'm going to do any of the side quests or anything. My pal, Daniel, uh, I was texting with him about it and he was like, I've played through it once. I feel no need to go back to it. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like I get it now. Exactly. Um, so I'm playing that. I'm also playing super Castlevania four as per last month's Patreon poll. Spoiler. It's great. I'm pretty excited to talk about it here on the show. And I'll tell you guys, like I fucking love my SNES. I'm playing it on my super Nintendo classic. I haven't played my super Nintendo in a little while and just fired it up in that controller and ah, the graphics. And I fucking love the super Nintendo so much. I've been playing Streets of Rage 4 on my Xbox. Uh, The more I play it, the more I like it. Uh, I'm going to drop a review next weekend. uh, And that's going to be from the perspective of someone that's never played a Streets of Rage game before. So we'll get into that on next Sunday's expansion pass. Uh, And then finally, I'm trying to get through Mario Sunshine on the GameCube. You may have seen my profanity-laced tirade about it the other day. The camera is fucked. Left goes right, right goes left, and you can't change it. And that's really fucking with me. But I am finally getting comfortable with it. I'm further in it than I've ever been, and I am going to finish it so I can do a podcast about it. And so I can cross it off my list and say I've beaten every Mario game. So that's it. That's what I've been playing. And then stuff like Tetris and Picross and Slay the Spire and just lots of video games because I have nothing else to do. Good enough. Let's talk Metal Gear Solid. This might be the fastest intro we've ever done. Episode 97. Uh, I know it took a long time for us to get here. And a lot of you have been asking for this game. And here it is. Um, Regardless of what you think of this franchise, what you think of the story, what you think of any of it. I think most people consider this game to be a classic. It just is. It's a first ballot Hall of Fame game. I know I do. Uh, I consider it a classic, and so does my guest this week, the Movie Epidemic Podcast's Bradley McHugh. I am going to cue some music. Uh, get comfy, and again, massive spoilers. This is a long episode. It breaks down the whole game, so you've been warned. This game originally released all over the place on the original PlayStation on September 3rd, 1998. Let's talk Metal Gear Solid. Here we go.
All right, so joining me uh, via the wonders of the internet once again from the metropolis of Calgary is my pal Bradley McHugh of Movie Epidemic Podcast fame. How's it going, buddy? Ah, it's going pretty good, going pretty good. Excited to talk about today's game because it's one of my favorites. Buddy, so this is... Because uh, I'll be honest, like, I have some mixed... I have mostly good, but I have some mixed views on this game. But this might be the... This might be the most common game that I get people being like, hey, have you covered this game yet? Like, considering by the time this episode goes live, we're probably going to be into the mid to late 90s, if not just over 100. And, like, everyone is like, where's Metal Gear Solid? Where's Metal Gear Solid? Because we covered Metal Gear Solid 2. You and I covered Metal Gear Solid 2, like, 20 episodes Yeah, a, a while back, yeah. Yeah, but this is the one that I... And I don't know why it took so long. I, it's always on the game list. Every time people look at the game list, no one ever says, I want to cover Metal Gear Solid. And uh, so did when you, you suggested it, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Did you um did you replay the game for this podcast? I replayed it. Yeah, I played it on my PS Classic, I would say three or four months right. ago. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, uh, I was, yeah, so I just I just replayed it this week and oh boy. It well do I ever It's like it, okay. It, Go ahead. Sorry, with the phone. It's, it's weird. It's just, for, just for the record, sorry. For everyone at home that's yeah. like, what the fuck? How come one of them does it? We're doing this via phone, so neither of us can see who's about to talk, okay? So if you're like, oh, I don't want to listen to interrupt each other for an hour, tough cheese. You guys know what to fucking expect from this podcast by now. This is subpar at best, okay? So just bear with us and shut up. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we're trying to figure this shit we're out, all right? We're trying, goddammit. Anyway, uh, so you're, um, I'll let you have the reins first. What, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. So I actually, I replayed this game this week. Um, of course, it's a game that I, I was thinking about it and I think like the same way that like I would use Mario and Zelda as like a definition of my childhood. Um, I would say the metal gear solid series is like my teenage years. Like okay. this is, these are like, I think I, I, I discovered this series when I was maybe 12 or so. And I, and I was instantly in love. Um, I was instantly in love. And I of course found it through, I actually originally found it through the remake of Metal Gear Solid with Metal Gear Solid, the Twin Snakes. And then I went back and played the original um, quite a few times. So that's interesting um, to me. Yeah. Cause like I, I played this like I dude, and I'll be honest with you, Bradley. I, and I remember this vividly. This might be the first video game I ever bought based entirely on people talking about it. Like, just, yeah, word of mouth. It was everywhere. And the internet was still kind of in its infant days. Like, you know what I mean? But like in gaming magazines and all my friends were talking about it and it has, it's odd because the case to it, like that distinctive white case with the red lettering is so boring. Like if you yeah, saw it in a store, you'd be like, what the fuck? There's nothing. But like, it's just, there's something about it that just gets your attention because it's so, it's like that Simpsons where they're like, look at this place must be hot. They don't need a big ad or even proper spelling. <laughs> and that's kind of like, obviously they have proper spelling here, but they were just like, hey, this game is so good that we're going to put it out and everyone's going to be like, you got to get that game in the white case, that Metal Gear Solid game. Because it's not the first yeah. Metal Gear game, right? There's an NES one, Metal Gear. I there think. is an NES game, which which I've actually when I when I fell in love with this series, I actually um, played through that game as well. And I know that a lot of people don't like it. I like it. I think it's fun. I honestly had no idea it existed until probably five years ago. I had no it's, idea. It's, it's actually pretty a pretty ambitious game for the NES. Um, like it's really like it's it's like all the skeletons of metal gear solid were based off the original game. Like you're still collecting key cards and you have to use gas masks to get through like poisonous gas. Um, you have to like, it's, it's very similar using cardboard. You're trying to hide from guards, um, trying to sneak around. Like it's very similar to metal gear solid. So when I was 
playing it this time, I was actually thinking about that because I would say this first Metal Gear Solid game is the one that's most reminiscent of that original formula. Because, right. like, like let's let's be real here, all right, guys. Hideo Kojima is a fucking weird guy. Oh, he is like because I'll be honest with you, Bradley, and I'm sure we're gonna get into it a little bit. If you want to hear my opinions on Metal Gear Solid Two, listen to the episode. Metal Gear Solid Two lost me, and that was Hideo yeah. Kojima, and that's his fucking weird ass mind and these weird. Oh, and it's 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 weirder now too. Like that's what's so crazy is like I remember when I first played the original Metal Gear Solid. I'm like, man, this game is really off the rails but now playing it again after playing the rest of the series i'm like no that shit's normal yeah it trailblazed for sure this game did yeah like, like this and, game and I, yeah this game to me I, is I, as important to the stealth genre and that kind of thing as mario brothers is to platforming like, oh yeah is, this is this is king of stealth like fuck splinter cell this is the king of stealth right here yeah like this is a first ballot hall of fame whether you like it or not and again i have some mixed opinions on this game but it's it's a first ballot slam dunk Hall of Fame, like this might be the most important video game that we have not covered on the podcast yet. Well, and like if somebody says to you, like, "Hey, man, name a stealth game." Metal Gear Solid's first thing coming out of your mouth has to be, has to be, and it's like you know, this was one of the few games they got on the PlayStation Classic that they got right. Like, like that thing is such a piece of crap, and there's so many games they left off that everyone's like, "How the fuck is that?" on a but if Metal Gear Solid hadn't been on. I don't think there's a bigger game except maybe Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII and Metal Gear Solid were the two games that they had to have on that PlayStation Classic, or everyone would have been like, "What the fuck?" And frankly, yeah, what's I, even the point? Right. And frankly, I bought it. I mean, I bought it to hack it, but I bought it to play Metal Gear Solid and Final Fantasy VII. Like those are the two games. Like that's just it's the it's the Mario Bros and Zelda of the original PlayStation. Yeah, because nobody nobody looks at the PlayStation Classic and is like, you know what? I think I'm ready to spend $100 to play Twisted Metal. Yeah, Nobody had that thought. No, you know? fucking piece of shit. Fuck, I hate that thing. <laughs> but anyway, but Metal Gear Solid. So this game, so you, that's crazy that you played the, the so like, I, I never played the Twin Snakes version. Is it basically the exact same game or is it like a remake with like better graphics it's, and stuff like that? It's like, it's like the better graphics, but there is, there is a big difference between the original and, um, and this one. And that is, um, you can shoot in first person mode. Oh, and that's the big that's the big draw of that version because you can't in Metal Gear Solid One you can go into first person mode to look around, and there's one weapon that you can use in first person mode, and it's the Nikita missiles. Which, by the way, if you didn't know that, holy shit, is that ever useful information? I didn't know that. Fuck, I yeah, just replayed way, this game and I didn't fucking know that. <laughs> they're way easier to use in first person mode because oh. like you're you're actually following them you just have to make sure you're watching the map like especially in like that raven fight where you have to use the nikita missiles to sneak around them right just make sure you're watching the map to make sure he's not going to where snake is still standing oh fuck i did not know that this, yeah, this, yeah. Dude, this game is like okay because that was one of my big criticisms and i understand like listen i played this game when it came out with my friends on my original PlayStation. And I and at the time, it probably didn't seem like that big a deal that we couldn't shoot in first-person mode because we just hadn't played anything like this before. So we were just like, well, that's fine. That's just the look-around mode. We can't attack. Um, but then you actually start playing, like, if you go back to it now after 20-plus years of being able to play games where you can do stuff in first-person mode, and it is just, de it's, it's crippling. The amount of times that I died because I would shift in the first person mode and then forget that I, you know what I mean? It's just instinct. I want to be able to yeah. do something in this fucking mode. And instead, all I can do is look around. Oh, God fucking damn it. Yeah. Ugh. Metal Gear Solid Twin Snakes 2 also does have 
one other thing that I really like, and that is all of the same actors came in and re-recorded their lines. Really? Which is an which is an important thing to know because there's six years between the original and the remake. And all of those people became better actors in that still not great, but better. Oh, that's crazy. Man. I didn't know that. Fuck yeah. Some some of the acting in Metal Gear Solid One is rough, my yeah. dude. Yeah, but you know what? I lo- like listen because I've played. Uh, that's another game I played for the first time on this PlayStation. I did when I got my PlayStation Classic. I finally played the original Resident Evil, which I really really liked, by the way. But the yeah, acting yeah. is so cheesy that I fucking love it. I'm like, it's either either make it good or make it like awfully awful, terrible, bad, and. Uh, I, I always think that, like, as far as bad acting goes, the 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 king of bad acting in video games is uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yeah, that's probably yeah, where that's they, probably where, fuck. We got to cover that game on here too. Yeah, you're probably yeah, right, which, that game. I, I I would I would do that game if you if you're like <laughs> yeah I got I, I got to replay that game, but that's yeah we definitely got to do that game. But Metal that Gear game's S- a masterpiece. So okay, so Metal Gear Solid, like, let's we'll do the good, then we'll do the bad, because I think there's more good than bad. Um, oh yeah, this is this is like one of my favorite games of all time for sure. Um, there's so much good about this game. Like, first of all, the story is great. Like the the story itself, a little convoluted, maybe, but as a whole, it's great. Yeah, that was like, going to be one of my good and bads because I, I I respect the fact that they're trying to tell an incredible story. And this game, like I'm a big fan of like the Uncharted's and the Last of Us, like those first person, very narrative driven games. And yeah, like games almost, that play out like an action movie. Yeah, and this game almost played out like a spy movie back in the day. Uh, but like there are times, and even replaying it now, there were aspects where I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like I get that they have this like machine metal gear that like has nuclear weapons and it's terrible and stuff like that. But then they're like, wow, but there's also this other snake and this other snake is kind of like your brother and you were both made from this other guy. And I was like, what the fuck does that have to so do? Is everybody else apparently. Yeah. Like I like, so it's, I like, I love like Hideo Kojima or Hideo, Hideo, whatever. Mr. Kojima. Hideo, I don't- Mr. Kojima, to his credit, he's trying to do something off the wall and crazy and tell a story, and he does. And I really liked the nuclear weapon aspect of it and the terrorism and all that kind of stuff. But well, and I think I think it's very interesting to have a, a team of Japanese developers and Japanese story writers writing a writing a narrative about the disarmament of United States nuclear weapons. Absolutely, yeah. And I like that that's, part. That's a very interesting and intense angle to take. Oh, no question. And like and I loved that part. It was just the fucking I just it was weird. Like I never hated any of it, but I just was like at, at one point it felt like I was reading two books at once. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like sometimes like there's a lot of stuff in this game that I think like if you play the other games, it makes sense and I think there's like a variety of like, there's actually a game on PS3, I think it is called Metal Gear Solid 4 Database, which is just like information. Oh wow! And really? It's it's free. You can download it as long as you have Metal Gear Solid 4. But it's just information, and it's like it's a lot of information. That's a good idea because there's a lot yeah. going on in these fucking games, man. But yeah, like- and let me and let me tell you, Metal Gear Solid 4 is the worst for all this shit. Like, there's so much going on in that game. I have no fucking clue what it's about. Yeah, it's like it's almost like he has a vision, and he everyone was just so afraid to tell him no that he was like, "And we're also going to do this, and this is going to happen." And don't forget that. And they're just like, "Yeah, okay." Like your game's going to well, sell because like, the game itself is going to be rad. It's going to sell a trillion copies. Fucking do you, man? Stick as much in there as you can. Well, um, the thing is, like, 
this one, this particular game, Metal Gear Solid 1, I've played through it maybe, like, 40 times. Like, this is one, like, this is a game I've played through a lot of times. And I was watching, I hadn't played it in maybe, like, five or six years when I booted up this week, and I was watching the opening thing, and they're like, Foxhound is made up of these people. Uh, and they start going through all the bad guys, like, Vulcan Raven, Liquid Snake, Revolver Ocelot, and, like, going through all these people, and at one point, they're like, decoy octopus and i was like who the fuck is that yeah who is that person decoy octopus and then it turns out he's not even in the game yeah right like it's just there's a like i'm not trying to shit on the story because i respect and like it it's just there's so much fucking going on and then that fucking invisible ninja robot shows up and i'm like who the fuck is this guy now and then it's like he's a bad guy but no never mind he's a good guy and i'm like is he snake am i snake is that guy snake is that robot what the fuck you know what i mean like there's so that's much. what's that's what's actually weird about this game is that there's some story elements particularly the elements with the ninja that actually require you to have played metal gear 2 which didn't release in the United States until 2006. Right. Like, there's just shit. Like, okay, so I don't feel so bad then because there's just, like, I enjoyed playing it, but at the end, I'm like, I don't entirely know what the fuck was going on. Like, I know that I had to yeah. stop Metal Gear, like, and, like, which I'm fine with, right? And the thing is, is like, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, especially when this game came out and we all started playing it on our PlayStations. Like, I had never experienced anything like this. Like the the deepest storyline I'd probably experienced in a game prior to this was like a Final Fantasy four or a Final Fantasy six or something on the Super Nintendo. And even yeah. those storylines were nowhere near the fucking chart it's, of web of stories that the fucking Metal Gear Solid produced. Now here's here's what I'll tell you, okay? Because when I was a teenager, I got so into Metal Gear Solid, like more than I than I think I've even made clear like i was so into this franchise when i was a teenager that when i play through this game now it all makes sense to me yeah you know exactly what's going on type thing but i also understand how somebody would be confused yeah like uh, it's just a lot especially because near the end they just drop this piece of information for no reason and like and like it's just right there like there's this thing at the end where they're just like oh and by the way this is like an hour before the end of the game, they're like, oh, by the way, you have a disease that's going to kill you. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Where what? did that come from? <laughs> and, and, like, and like now I get it, but like I could imagine like playing it for the first time and being like, wait, what the fuck did you say to me? What, what's this about a disease that like then everybody around him is dying from? And then like at the end of the game, he's like, okay, so I've got this disease. Like, is there a vaccine for it? And she's just like, live, snake. That's all I can say to you. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, what the fuck? It's you gotta just, tell me about the fucking vaccine. I'm telling you, it's like reading two or three books at once and then trying to remember what was happening. They're all good books, but you're trying to keep yeah. track of all these books at once. And you're like, what the fuck? And another issue, not, it's, it's both a good and a bad thing, which is what I think the story is. I think there's good parts of that story. I also think there's, there's confusing parts of that story. Is that like, I I don't know if there'd even been a game that was so had so many cutscenes. It's such a narrative-driven oh, yeah. game like this before. And I feel like in the future, not just in Metal Gear, but in gaming, people have really figured out how to walk the line. You know what I mean? Between like, we'll take you into a movie for a couple minutes and explain some of the story, but now we're going to send you back to the game. And in this game, yeah. like I, my original, when I started replaying it, my initial plan was to record a Let's Play of it. And then I quickly abandoned it because I was like, there are so many cutscenes that are long. And it's like, 
they don't get split up with anything. And it's it's a both a good and a because like obviously we've figured out how to balance that better in the last twenty years. Um, yeah, I think I think Metal Gear Solid Three has like some crazy record about being like the longest ending cutscene in oh, any really? game. Or maybe it's Metal Gear Solid. No, I think it's Metal Gear Solid Four because I think the ending cutscene to that game is like an hour and a half. Holy fuck! Fuck that! Yeah, like this- which like also don't get me wrong three and four are the two best games but they're also the ones with the most cutscenes. right and like and i and i don't know maybe this is just my personal preference but like after a couple of minutes i start getting like i'm like okay i want to play do you know what i mean like and maybe that's just me maybe that's the type of gamer i am i didn't hate them yeah. but i just it hit a point where i'm like okay i want to play now and it's like no you gotta listen to more and it's like well, i want to play now like fuck but you can't skip well, it, it if you don't if you skip it you're fucked you have no idea what the fuck is going on it gets especially annoying, like if you die during a boss fight, which, by the way, you will. Yes, um, you will. If if you die during a boss fight, and then they spawn you outside the door, this is actually also something that really annoys me about this game. Is that like sometimes there's just things that are just like not quite right. Like how so? You know, um, when you go into a boss fight, the amount of life that you have left is what you have. And if he kills you, you're respawning with not full life. You're respawning with half life again. Oh, right. Yeah. And that was something that really pissed me off. Because like when I was fighting the Vulcan fight, I was going in with like a sliver of health. And I'm like, okay, I'll just die and then come back in with full health. Whatever. Yeah. No. You're trapped If you hadn't saved and you could reload an old save file or something, you were done. God damn. Here's what you're most... your like your best option is for that is to go back far enough to a point where stuff that you've already collected is starting to respawn and start collecting rations. Yeah. And just stock up. Yeah. 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 And just, yeah. and just stock up. And so like when I was, I went in to fight the Raven fight, I didn't have full health. I only had two rations. I got my ass handed to me and then I had to spend, I'm not even kidding. 45 minutes going back. Yeah, that is get shit. that is fucked up. Because the thing is, is like I feel like the because you're right, the boss fights will kill you. Uh, but I also really respect how creative they got with some of the boss fights. Um, oh, the the boss fights in this game are fucking amazing. They're just very yeah, they are. They're just very trial and error. Like there is no run into an area, and it's just well, there is one just straight up fisticuffs boss fight, and it fucking sucks. And that's right near yeah, the that- end. But uh, yeah, the final, final fight with liquid is terrible. yeah. But most of the boss fights, yeah. There's like you got to figure out like okay, so like when am I gonna like? Sometimes you have to go into your radio, or your eventually your radio will call you, and they'll be trying to give you tips on like you got to do this, you got to do that, and it's like oh, and I and which I think is phenomenal. I love that trial and error, figure out the weakness, find the chink, you know, find 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 the 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 cheat code to get through this. But you're right. It's like when you fucking die and then it reloads you back up and you don't have any fucking health. And it's like, oh, I can't do trial and error if I don't have any goddamn health to go in and do the trial and error with. It's both a good and a bad thing at the same time. It's frustrating, but it's so clever because I get so bored of just like, listen, I love Mario, but Mario boss fights for the most part are jump on a head three times and it's over. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's a Bowser boss fight. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like in this game, like from from like every boss fight is different. And like, I mean, do you have a, do you have a, uh, I'll ask you, do you have a favorite? Cause I know right away what my favorite boss fight is. Uh, you know, it, like it's, it's very close to me, but like the thing is I love almost all the boss fights in this game. And I'd actually like to go through like all of them in a bit here, but yeah, if I have, yeah, well, you know what, you know what, let's just do that. Let's just, yeah, let's just go it. through all of them. Cause you're going to be fresher uh, so in for, your mind than me. Yeah. So the first boss fight is with revolver ocelot. Yeah. 
And that's where you're and in that, this, that square room, right? Yeah, you're in the square room, and you have like the guy that's hooked up to all the explosives. Yeah, he's like the he's like the arms tech president or something. I don't know. He's something. Yeah. Um, and so you have the revolver ocelot fight, which is great um, because essentially it's like a it's like a gun duel. And this is your first introduction to like this is going to be a boss driven game, which for the most part it is. Um, there's actually a couple of bosses I don't like, and I'll, I'll talk about that too. Um, and the revolver ocelot one is fun because it's mostly just like chasing his tail and trying to shoot him, but you really have to time it properly or else he's going to get the drop on you. Yeah. It's kind of, um, it's kind of funny that they make him the first boss and they're like, Oh, revolver ocelot could shoot anything in the, he, he's the greatest shot in the history of the universe and everything, but then he's really bad. You know what I yeah, mean? He's like, terrible. He's like, <laughs> like it just seems to me to like he should have been one of the later bosses. You know what I mean? But like, I get that they can't make the first boss like super hard either. He kind of has to be a teach you how to fight him guy. And even he killed him a couple of times. Well, I don't know if this this is spoilers or not, but if you look at like the main saga, like one through four, it's actually interesting because like, because that's like the main saga and then five is buried in there somewhere between, I think it's like between three and one, whatever. Um, I don't like five that much, but um What's crazy is that in Metal Gear Solid 1, Revolver Ocelot is the first boss. In Metal Gear Solid 4, Revolver Ocelot is the final boss. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's sort of like... Yeah, it's sort of like... It's sort of like a a sandwich of everything in between, but ultimately, Revolver Ocelot is the big bad in the series. Yeah, and he's... And I like him. Like, I like his character. I like the way he talks. Like, I... He just is... he's, He's the classic bad guy, and I think he's awesome. Uh, yeah, I just, actually, I actually can't believe you've never played three and four, dude. You got to play those games. Yeah, so you know good. what? Uh, maybe I got two and three on my Xbox. I just like we talked about on the Metal Gear Solid two one. I was like, this is just too much. What the fuck is going on? You know what do, I mean? Like, do th- do three, and then I'll I'll do an, I'll do another Metal Gear Solid episode with you. Yeah, I'll do three. I want to play five as well, but I just I don't know. I got too much to fucking play. I don't know. And like five, five is okay. Five is okay, but you have to play three to get it. Ugh. Fuck yeah. off, Kojima, with your fucking weird... Anyway, all right. You don't. Okay. You do not have to play four to get five, but you do have to play three. <laughs> fucking weird. Fuck, what a weirdo. So, okay, so, anyway, you, fight, so you fight Revolver Ocelot. He's like a classic old. He's got the guns. I picture him yeah, like a Texan he, colonel. I, I, I died like... I think I died once on Revolver Ocelot, but for the most part, pretty easy. Yeah. Um, then you have the tank boss fight, Ugh. which is where you have to, you have to have the mine detector on, which, by the way, they don't show you where the mine detector is. Just someone calls you and they're like, snake use a mind detector yeah. and then you're like well i don't fucking have that yeah i got there without it and was like what the fuck yeah. i didn't get a mind detector because i couldn't remember how to play it and then i had to go back and find a fucking mind detector yeah oh, God, you will find out you will find out very quickly that you have to be exploring a lot in this game yeah yeah you do or else you're gonna you're gonna end up being screwed um, um who is the guy in the fucking tank and uh, it, it, it's Vulcan Raven, Raven is in the tank, but you're not. But you're not fighting him. You're fighting just like gunners. I hate this fucking boss fight because you have to get yeah, up near too. the tank and then throw a grenade in. But if you're not in just the right place, the grenade doesn't go to the right fucking spot and just yeah, it doesn't go into the hole and then and they'll run over you with the treads. Yeah, and eventually you run out of grenades if you fuck up enough times. And just like yeah, I, I hated you, this boss fight. I fucking hate. And you this have fight. to use like the the chaff grenades. Yeah, this is one that I don't like. I don't think it's very fun. And all that around the fact that there's mines. Because here's the thing, I wouldn't have a problem with there being mines if having the mine detector open didn't disallow you from having your rations. 
Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. You can either heal or fucking see where the mines are. Like, yeah, to me, and like if you're dying, you can open up your menu and scroll down to the rations, hit circle, and then scroll back to the mine detector. Yeah, like That's to, obnoxious. To me, this boss fight plays out like it should have been in an action game, but Metal Gear Solid is not built to run like an action game. Do you know what I mean? No. Like it's so slow. No, not at all. I, I hated. I fucking. Oh, I hated this boss fight. I when I was doing my replay of it, I almost quit on that because I was like, "Fuck this!" I was like, "This game just yeah. does not work." I anymore. was like, "Here's the thing about this is that it's a game that I've played so many times, but I must have been pretty good when I was a teenager because I don't remember having this much difficulty." This game's pretty hard. Well, but I I think that back then we didn't these controls and the stuff mechanics weren't as ancient as they are now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think if you tried to play Goldeneye now, you'd be, it'd be impossible. Whereas back then, it was just it was so smooth and easy, right? And that's how I yeah. felt with this game. Is there's just so many mechanics that I was like, why? Like again, the first person thing where I'm like, what the fuck? Why is he doing that? Like, and the way he moves sometimes, metal, like the way Snake moves, and it's almost like he's on like a cart. Do you know what I mean? And like where he turns left and turns right, and I, it's just I'm yeah, not used yeah. to those controls. That's all. So. Well, um. Yeah, when I when I played through this, I actually played through it on the like I played through with the like the original disc and stuff on the PS3. Yeah. Um, so I was actually I was using the analog. But let me tell you something about using the PS3. This is something that I find really annoying. Is that maybe there's a setting where you can change it, but every time you start up a, a game on the PS3, um, it, it just auto it just autos to whatever the game is the game you're playing is most familiar with. And so, obviously, because this game came out when it was uh, digital, um, digital uh, D-pad, that's what it, uh, my PlayStation controller autocorrected. So I had to open the fucking menu every time. I had to go down. I had to go to the controller settings. I had to go from digital to analog and then go back. Oh. Well, do you want to know what's even worse than that? Playing it on the sure. fucking PlayStation Classic that that set, that Sony sold us and was like, "Oh, hey, buy our <laughs> well, portable even console. Have an option. Buy our fucking handheld or our little classic console just like Nintendo's. It's just as good and it's got Metal Gear Solid that game you all remember, but then it's like, "Oh yeah, but you want to use the analogs? Ah, we couldn't afford to put analog fucking controllers in, so you have to play with the D-pad." And then it's like, yeah, "Well, you need fuck. the code off the back of the CD case." Oh, wait, we didn't include any of that either. Fuck, oh, so yeah. I didn't even fuck that that's the craziest part about it is because that like as far as i understand the playstation classic version is just a straight rom correct yes it is it is so so there's like a part where uh revolver ocelot goes or no no it's not it's the unsex president goes i don't know her frequency but it's on the back of the cd case yep and now i still had the cd case it's a good thing there's google man because i'll tell you i was just like how the fuck did you not even think of this and like, yeah. and now listen. To be fair, Nintendo didn't think of this with the NES Classic and Star Tropics. Uh, yeah, like true. that. That there was like a code and like a note, and they didn't think of it either. But Star Tropics is like a forgotten gem on the NES. Metal Gear Solid is the flagship title on this fucking thing. I was just getting yeah, so like angry. When, I was like, God, what I wouldn't when, get when to be able to play that on. Like they, they really should have thought about that. But like, I also remember the first time I ever played through this game, and the arms text president is like, her frequencies on the back of the CD case. I spent like an hour looking around in the basement yeah. and flipping through my inventory. I'm like, what fucking CDK? Yeah, you would never think what? that they're breaking the fourth wall and telling you it's the CD case, like the game case. Yeah, and then and then like, I think even when I was a kid, I ended up Googling it. And then I'm like, because uh, like on the back of Twin Snakes uh, for GameCube, on the back of the case, there it is, man. Yeah. yeah. There it is. So it's fucking... 
is is the god it's so fucking it's so clever though and like and that's what i like about kojima i like the mad scientist aspect of it and doing shit like yeah like like it almost felt like it almost felt like hideo kojima was using it to collect test the data to see how we'd all respond to these situations right yeah like it's just it's such a bizarre thing that realistically we shouldn't have all loved so much but we can't help it and and honestly there's not a lot of games doing that even today with the breaking the fourth wall shit like that like this was really cutting edge stuff and speaking of the fourth wall, is the next boss fight Mantis? Um, no, 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 not quite. We're almost there. Who do you fight? The next after boss the... fight is the cyborg ninja. Oh yeah. So like you're you're in you're in uh Otacon's, uh underground lab yeah. and he pisses his pants. Which by the way, I wanna I wanna stop there and talk specifically about Otacon. Okay, I like Dude, Dude's best character. Yeah, he's fucking rad. I, I love that character. I fucking love it. And he's in he's in all of these games. Um except for obviously Metal Gear Solid 3 because it's a prequel. But he's in he's in one, two, um, four, and I think for a stint he's in five for like a very short period. Um or like his dad's in five, I think, maybe. He's such a rad um, character. The guy that works for them, but he knows that nothing is like he that they're doing something wrong, and he's kind of like your man at the computer, like to reference Spider-Man. He's the guy. Yeah, in the yeah. Chair, the guy in the chair. He's the guy in the chair. Yeah, that's what he is, and he is such a great. And you know, he's a chicken shit, but then he's also got some balls near the end, and he's a phenomenal yeah. character, man. Yeah. Oh, and he's. I. I. He's like. He's just. I would say, as far as character development goes, between this and Metal Gear Solid Four, between one and four, like that's he's got the most. Oh, is that right? Like he's. Yeah, he's the most interesting character in all the games that he's in. Yeah, I'm a I wish he was in Metal Gear Solid 2 more, but there's a whole thing with his sister in that game that's pretty good that I actually really like, but um yeah, he's a I I I forgot all about him until I ran into him in this scene where he pisses his pants and stuff. And I was yeah, like, what yeah, a, that's, what that's a good that's a good character. way to start. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like what a just and he's like and the way that like he's got and I think it's so ingenious that they gave him the invisible uh the invisibility cloak because then they could keep working into the game without him getting killed. Because you're like, well, the fuck is this guy not dead? But if they make yeah, him invisible, keep, then it I'll makes keep sense. getting around. Yeah, yeah. And not only is he can go invisible, but he saves you at one point when you're yeah. locked in the cell. Well, and like, what's crazy about this is that this, what I love so much about Hideo Kojima and how crazy he is, is, is that he assumes 100% with this character that you've played the other game. Yeah. So he's, he's like, you've played one and two, right? Like the old ones in the, from the 80s. And you're like, no. And he's like, too bad because we're just going to give you information from those games like it's nothing yeah right like it's and then because like they mention because like uh, gray fox is like your mentor in the first metal gear game but he's um he's on the opposite side of you in the second metal gear game and you have to you end up having to kill him in like a like a minefield it's a pretty cool boss fight actually it's a good game like but this is my issue like i'm confused right now and I literally just, you know what I mean? I'm just like, why? Why do you have to have such a weird fucking story? Just make the game. You've made one of the most clever, ingenious games of all time with all these crazy mechanics that we've never seen that are going to trailblaze for the future. And we're all respecting it. And we're all like, this is really cool. But then it's like, by the way, here's eight fucked up stories that go back to games from the 80s that half of you probably even weren't alive to play. And if you don't follow all of it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yes. Exactly. makes me insane because I want to like the yeah. game more than I do. I like the game, but the story drives me fucking crazy. But like you like you have to do an insane amount of inferring if you never played Metal Gear 2, which of course if you played this in 1998 when it came out, you didn't fucking play it because it wasn't out in North America yet. H- having said that though, uh, 
fucking what's his name uh is awesome the, Autoc- or, uh great fox yeah, no uh um the fucking geek the, oh, Otacon. Yeah, Otacon. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah, he's a great he's a great character. He looks like a geek. He sounds like a geek, but yeah, he's fucking perfect. I really like Otacon. Yeah, yeah, and, and what well, and he becomes like the more the more he progresses as a character, like the more well rounded he becomes. I love that character. But anyway, um, this brings you on to uh, the the fight with Gray Fox, which is probably maybe my my favorite fight. Um, is this where you're fighting him in the tech lab there? Like in the offices or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Because you have to use like chaff grenades to sort of stun him. And then like once you stun him, you get a you get like a couple of seconds open shot at him. But yeah. if you fuck around, you know, he's gonna he's gonna slice you with the sword and the sword does like major damage. Yeah, I feel like this fight does like what the tank fight couldn't, where it's a little bit of an action y style fight, but it does it 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 plays to like what the game can do and it works. Yeah, and like like being able to use the chaff grenades because like essentially you're trying to avoid being seen by this ninja so that you can use the chaff grenade in time to stun him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I actually, I I really like this fight a lot. I think that it plays a lot. And this is the one where he like tells you like, you can't like you end up just going fisticuffs, right? Like you end up just, Uh, yeah. Yeah. Eventually he's just like, he's just like fuck weapons. Let's just fight. And I thought that, and that I also like that's badass. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you're just you're punching him. Although he's being real weird. He's being real weird about it. He's like, Yes, give me pain and you're like, Ew, gross. Yeah, he's like telling you to hurt him and you're like, I don't know. Yeah, he's like hurt me more and you're like, Ugh. But yeah, I agree. That is a great fight. And he's a cool character and I like the setting and everything and yeah. So Yeah, like he looks he looks awesome. Yeah. Now I think that's something that we've been neglecting to talk about a little bit because we've been talking about how great this game is. And sort of tiptoeing around some of the stuff that's not so great about this game. Uh, visuals are fucking horrendous, dude. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. This is maybe one of the worst agings. I, like, I can imagine in 1998 seeing this and being like, that's amazing. Yeah. But this game has aged worse than any game I can think of visually. I agree. Maybe Final Fantasy VII also. I agree. Because, like, listen, like, I've never hidden my disdain for the from for this era, the Nintendo 64 PS1 era, Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, Final Fantasy 7, Metal Gear Solid. I don't think any of those games look that good. And I know that at the time that was the best they could do, and we all get it. But you're right. I don't know if any of them have aged as badly as Metal Gear Solid. Like, playing it, it was just horrendous Yeah, because, like, you play, you play Zelda, and at the very least, you can see Link's face. Like, you know what that guy looks like. Yeah, this you game... Know? This, you know what Ganondorf looks like. This game looks like a... Like, I, I don't know how... Like, you know when, like, I'm not, I can't draw, but you know when, when someone really good, like an artist is drawing something, and they start out with, like, that really kind of scratchy sketch of the outline with the shapes and stuff, yeah. and then they make it in? It looks like they got that far and then just stopped. And we're like, that's yeah, good enough. Yeah, and, like... And the thing is, is that Kojima is so clever that he must have known. He must have looked at this and been like, this looks at sh- like shit. How can we really show what these characters look like? Use the codec. Yeah, which where all of a sudden their faces are super detailed and great, right? Yeah, it, well, because it's all hand-drawn and it yeah. looks awesome. Yeah. Like, the codec stuff all looks... Like, there's, like, one in particular that I think is so great, and it's when you're, like, you're in an elevator and Otacon is, like... There was four stealth camouflage suits, and I don't know where they went. And then he gets real oh, yeah. close to the camera, and he goes, "Watch out, snake!" Yeah. And like you can see every detail, and you're like, "That's so crazy yeah. that I can see everything." But then when I see him in a cutscene, he just looks like he's wearing a morph suit. Yeah, he looks Minecraft. Like they look like characters from Minecraft. Is kind of what they look. Yeah, like, <laughs> like but... it, and it looks it looks terrible, and like it's unfortunate because like. 
as somebody who's played the game, and actually, uh, the remake looks awesome. The remake, right. which is GameCube era, looks awesome. But this one, just like, it looks so awful. And like, I can now imagine like the huge amount of excitement that people would have when Metal Gear Solid 2 came out and Solid Snake jumps off the bridge and lands on the boat and the word Metal Gear Solid, and you can see his face and everything he's wearing. He's got guns and stuff. Yeah. Like, I can imagine the excitement that people had in their hearts when they saw that. Yeah, I have to, like... I mean, what I have to assume, particularly with this game, is that the powers that be were like, well, our focus has to be on all these weird mechanics and the stealth mechanics and the AI and the story and all these other things we're doing. And like, I, you know what I mean? Like I have to assume that at some point, like in the resources, they're like, the graphics are good enough. You know what I mean? They're like, we have to the yeah. focus, that, which is fine. Like, you know, tell the story you're going to tell. If you're going to make it a cinematography game and work on a story and all these like stealth mechanics and stuff, that has to be your focus over making sure that the guy's face looks really good. But it just, it does. Yeah, it looks and I, I agree. Bad. It looks bad. I, like, I think... <laughs> I think they must have looked at everything they had and they said, you know what, guys? Something's got to hurt here. We have too much shit. Yeah. Like, something's got to take a hit here for this to work on a PlayStation. Even even on a two-disc PlayStation, this was, I think, maybe one of the first... No, Final Fantasy VII. I was yeah. going to say one of the first multi-disc games I yeah, played. Yeah, Final, Final Fantasy VII is the first one that jumps out in my mind. Yeah, the three discs. Um, yeah. So, okay, so you fight that stupid... Oh, no, I, I shouldn't say stupid because I think he's cool. You fight Gray Fox, the robot. He's like a weird ass cyborg thing. He's pretty rad. He wishes um, he wishes to be hurt. He likes it when he hurts. He likes it. And when then, he hurts. Uh, and then from there you go on to see that would probably be my favorite boss fight. But from there you go to what is my second favorite boss fight in the whole game, um, and that is the boss fight with Psycho Mantis. Now this like listen, I don't even think we have to spend that much time on it because everybody knows. But this is that famous fight where the guy has telekinesis and you can't hurt him because he knows what you're about to do. And then finally, finally, the colonel even comes on and is like, you got to unplug your controller and put it into port two. And that is Very- the the most fourth wall breaking, clever to this day that would show up on any list of like the 10 cleverest boss fight mechanics of all time. Uh, well, I want to... Yeah, I, yeah, I actually really love that. On the PS3, it was like you had to go, you had to go into a menu and go to controllers. Oh, excuse me, go into controller settings, and it's like it's a whole thing. But um, I, I do want to talk real quick about like the the whole memory card reading thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, because like in the cutscene before you fight him, he reads your memory card because he's supposed to be psychic. Right. And uh, I remember in the GameCube version, he would be like, "You've been playing Super Mario Sunshine." And then I think in the PlayStation version, he'd be like, I see you've been playing Castlevania or something along those lines. Right. You know, like he'll read your memory card, see what games you're playing, and then the cutscene will adapt. Man, that's fucking ingenious. Isn't it? But, yeah, but my PS3 crashed a few months ago and I had to format my entire hard drive. Oh. So that means when I played this game this past week, I had no PS1 games on my memory card. So he was just so what he does instead, which I think is really clever, is he goes, oh, what is it he says? He says something along the lines of like, you have a very empty mind. And you're like, man, I guess they had to have something in case you just never case. played a game before. Yeah, just in case. But just yeah, in it's, case it's your first Metal Gear Solid game. And he's like, you've got an empty mind. Nothing going on in there. It's a funny boss fight, too, because the actual fight itself, like once you it's kind of, yeah. 
Like the fight itself okay. isn't that good. It's fine, but it's it's just it's that single mechanic of him being able to read your mind and the memory card, and switching the controller, stuff like that, which just makes yeah. it so famous, right? Because the fight itself is just like once you can actually hurt him, then it just becomes a fight. But it's it's yeah. the setting it up that is so clever. So. Yeah. Now this whole time you're like um, you're sort of traveling with this woman, Meryl. Yeah. And this is another part where I think maybe this game didn't age as stupendously as I thought it might. Because man, those inter those early interactions between Snake and Meryl are really creepy. Yeah, they are. Isn't that the truth? Really creepy. He's like say <laughs> he's like saying things like <laughs> he's like I never thought a soldier would have such a good. But and you're like, yeah. God damn, dude. Yeah. Yeah, this was pre settled down. This was pre Me Too movement. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is it's very it's very clearly pre Me Too movement because Snake is like kind of rapey in his vibes yeah. towards Meryl. And his voice doesn't which, help at all. That creepy yeah. snake voice doesn't help at all either. Which is even crazier because it's his friend's niece, which is like I'm pretty sure that's a porn genre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you're right because then like because he's like she's the colonel's niece so that means the colonel is yeah. hearing everything you're saying to her which makes it even <laughs> fucking like, weirder yeah he's talking at, he's talking and like sometimes he'd be like i don't expect you to be so womanly and you're like snake stop yeah. like i'm watching it and i'm like i'm like pulling my shirt back i'm like sweating i'm like I'm starting to get a little uncomfortable here guys yeah i, I don't like fucking meryl she irritated me for the whole game i just didn't care yeah she's for yeah, she's annoying. Um, but then, like, after the Psycho Mantis fight, you get more of this bullshit where it's like, if you didn't explore every nook and cranny here, you're fucked because you go into these caves and they're pitch-ass dark. Oh, yeah, you need the night vision goggles or whatever they need are. the night yeah. vision goggles. Yeah. And nobody tells you that. That's yeah. what's... That, that's a, like, as much as I want to say that it's something I don't like about this game because I found it frustrating, I actually do really like this aspect of the game that forces you to explore this giant base they've dropped you in. I think I do too. Uh, yeah. I mean, I to like a, it more than I dislike it. Sometimes it feels like they were just banking on selling players guides, but, uh, yeah, but it's not yeah, that sometimes. broken. It's not like, I mean, cause eventually if you go through your, um, whatever the little radio is called, I don't remember the radio's name. Co codec. codec. Eventually if you go through the codec, someone's going to tell you what you need. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like that's part of the reason. You just gotta there. filter through everyone. Yeah, and eventually someone is gonna drop the hint where you're like, "Oh, okay, I need night vision goggles. I gotta go find them." You know what I mean, or something like that. But if you've uh, never played this game, let me give you a little hint here. Otacon always has the answer. It's always him. Yeah, he's the smart one. Just go back. He's to the smartest guy. He's always him. Like you can call Roy, and he'll be like, "Snake, we have nothing but contempt for your situation," and you're like, "That, yeah, Roy, you gotta, you gotta give me more than that." Yeah, I'm dying here. Help me. Yeah. <laughs> so then you, so yeah, so you crawl through the cave full of wolves and then you get to fight Sniper Wolf, but you have to, like, and actually, yeah, you go, you go, go into the Sniper Wolf fight, but then you have to, this is also something that maybe I don't like about this game. You come, you have to go into it, and then she's so good at shooting you that someone calls, Otacon calls you, obviously, because he's smart. He's like, you're going to need to use a sniper rifle. And you're like, I don't have that. Yeah. And then, and then he's like, I saw one in the basement of the nuclear arms base. And you're like, that building I was in like four hours ago? Yeah. Oh yeah. my God. I have to go all the fucking way back to that building, go down to the basement, get the fucking sniper rifle and come back? 
so much backtracking, like so much backtracking. And that's what, and there's no, and it's just, I mean, I guess they put the boxes in. You could, I never once used them to like backtrack. Oh uh, yeah. The, the boxes are, I like, I would put the box on like when a guard was coming and I'd be like, all right, sweet. The guard always notices that the box is weird. Always. Always. He's always like, the fuck's that box there? And you're like, well, what's the point? If he's going to look at the box every time. Yeah. Always. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. Fr- like, but it, the backtracking gets old really fast and it's such a slow thought. Like, oh fuck. I, I hated it. Like, yeah, I agree with you. I, I forgot. I was going to bring that up when we got to sniper wolf. That was the yeah. part where I really was like, fuck me. Seriously. Like, yeah. You know what? Game. You know what I do? You know, what's a weird thing I do like about this game though, is that like, without being too flashy about it, it's got like the whole Zelda thing going on where every time you beat a boss fight, like your health bar gets bigger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like they never mention it, it just does. And like then then you can carry more rations. Because like I remember at being at the very beginning of this game this time around and being like, I can only carry two rations. Oh, I'm fucked. Yeah. Like there's no way I'm gonna beat this game. Five or six, I think, by the end. Yeah. Um, Like near the near the beginning of this game, I like when I was playing it this past week, I was like, Oh, this is harder than I remember. I'm probably not gonna beat the whole thing before we podcast about it. Yeah. But I did. Yeah, dude, I found it a lot harder than I remember it being. But I think part of that is just, again, the mechanics have not aged super well. I'm so used yeah. to being able to do more than I could. Like, I was dying a lot just based on that. Um, and it's just yeah, such and, a trial and, and error game. It really is a trial and error game. It's almost like yeah, an like action. If you, if you go up that game. hallway and there's a, there's a guard there and he kills you, just don't go up that hallway again. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know? Holy fuck, this is, this is the longest I've ever talked about a video game. So for all of you that have been waiting for Metal Gear Solid, here's your fucking episode. You got your Metal Gear Solid episode. Here so. you go, guys. You're all juiced up for Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. All right. Let's get back on track. Then there's like yeah. that, that, that fight with Sniper Wolf where really you're just trying to fend her off. In the field? Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah once, once you get the sniper rifle, you go back. You're really just trying to fend her off and get her to fuck off. And then like she like she arrests you or something. That's the part of this game that I always found so weird is like, they just arrest you at one point with like two of the genome soldiers. And you're like, I've killed so many of those. Like, why couldn't I have just, yeah. all right, whatever. <laughs> now I'm caught. Yeah. Yeah. Just like that. Now you got me. Yeah. You got, there's two of them here. I, I don't know if I can handle two of them. Yeah. Like again, I get uh, the narrative, but they should have just come up with a cleverer way to catch them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Then there's this part of the game that I think is very clever and interesting, but I also hate it. The, the torture scene. The torture scene, yes. Yeah. Because the torture scene, like, you have to hit that button pretty fast. And, like, once you get once you get used to it, it's fine. But if he does end up killing you with the torture, um, you uh, will, like, if he ends up killing you, you can't, you go to the game over screen, but it doesn't give you a continue option. Oh, I didn't know that. I never died on it. That's fucking, yeah. yeah, that is ballsy. It doesn't give you a continue option. You have to exit back to the title screen. So after that, that sniper wolf fight, obviously I knew this. So I was like, after that sniper wolf fight, I'm saving immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't want to have to do the sniper wolf fight again, and I'm sure plenty of people did. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plus, like, you're... And then there's that torch... Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, well, then there's that torch scene, and then you, you escape from that because Otacon comes and helps you because he's got stealth camouflage, and then you move on from there. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... I like that. I think it's think... clever. It's just because, like, cause I, at any point, I think you can tap out at any point during the torture as well. But, you can, and there's there's actually a reason for that, and uh, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but actually, whether or not you endure, um, endure or tap out during the torture, 
um, changes the ending that you get. Yeah, because I was going to say, because then they kill her, right? Mm-hmm. If you give in to the torture, they kill her. And so that exchange that you have with Meryl at the end of the game is actually had with Otacon. Oh, I didn't know that. I knew that she died because uh, I because I did tap out because I wanted to see what happened. But then they were like, I read about it and they're like, no, they're going to kill her. I was like, oh, well, fuck that. I want her to live. So then I like reset and like finished the torture and got through it. Uh, but yeah, that's good. Yeah. I almost would have preferred to ride off with fucking Otacon. I like him better. <laughs> you know, I, I, with him. I, I actually like the Otacon ending a lot better as well, um, even though it's like the coward's ending. The only thing I don't like about it is that it's technically not canon. Um, right. that ending, the, the, the ending where you ride off with Meryl is canon because if they kill Meryl in metal gear solid one, but she's in metal gear solid four. So it makes no sense. Yeah. She has to be. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, okay. So you, so you get out of the torture and then it's, it's like, I'm trying to think like at the last, there's a ton more fucking backtracking when you get to metal gear to get to yeah. fucking code cards, which drives me fucking. Yeah. Insane. Well, well, but there's, there's like, there's a few other things before that. Fucking. Um, because there's that fight, which is, this is another one of my favorite fights of the game. The fight where you're fighting Liquid Snake in the helicopter. Oh, I fucking, I hated that fight. I thought it was you clever. Did, you didn't like it? I, oh, I sucked I think at it. First person I shooting, it, it would have been easy. But without being in first person, it drove me fucking insane. Were you on that roof and you got to keep hiding from his stupid helicopter? And then fucking zooming in on him at the right time? Oh, I fucking hated it. Oh, it <laughs> pissed me off so much. I died so many times on that fucking fight. Yeah, I died. I died quite a few times on this one as well. I, to, to be fair, I've died on pretty much all the boss fights we've talked about me too. at least once. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Except for I didn't die on Psycho Mantis. No, because no once you know how to beat him, he's easy. But, fucking easy. Yeah. But that helicopter, I like. I like the idea of trying to take down the helicopter and everything. I just, I just kept dying. I think the only reason I hate it is because I kept dying. I couldn't get the there's stupid like, missiles to hit him right. There's also like this game is just kind of weird because like. There's one point where, like, right before the, the you fight the helicopter, you're on the codex with um, Otacon, and he's like, Snake, here's the Stinger missiles. Here's how you, stay, how you take down that helicopter. You have to take down that helicopter. And then you leave for a while, and then you see Otacon again, and he's like, what have you been up to? And you, you're like, I took down the helicopter. And he's like, what? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> like, guy, you knew that's what I was going to do. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's almost a He's genius. like, you're an action hero. Yeah, after he told you to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so you fight that stupid helicopter. Fucking helicopter. And then, and then from there, we get to what is, without a doubt, my least favorite boss in this entire game. And it's the fight with Sniper Wolf. And here's uh, why I hate it. The one in here's the why... Here's what, yeah, the one where you're in the snowfield. And here's why I hate it. This boss fight is way too easy, comparatively yeah. to the rest of the game. It's way too easy. Yeah, it's almost like, surprisingly easy, yeah. Yeah, like, you uh, essentially what it is, is you have to just find her with your sniper scope. And once you find her, you just got to be faster than her. And she's really slow. Yeah, and then you can see her, like, just, her breath, like, coming out from behind yeah. the trees and shit. So it's very easy to find. You just keep an eye on her till she pops out, shoot her, pop out, shoot her. Yeah, it's just, I kept expecting something else to happen and nothing else happened. Yeah. Um, that being said, this is also, um, once you beat her, my favorite area in the game because there's so much, like, sheds lining this field that it's the perfect place to go and stock up. Yeah, agreed with that. Yeah, you just and run like, around there's it. There's tons of rations and ammo and missiles and tons of shit. This is where you want to be. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, like, but it's almost like they knew that, like, while the rest of it going forward is going to be pretty rough. 
So yeah, you're gonna have to. You're, you're yeah. gonna need some supplies. Go come back and get them. Uh, and then you get to the, and then like you have to sneak through like a couple of rooms, and then Master Miller, who, by the way, I'm not quite sure who this guy is. Which he, is they talk about they talk about him a lot in the game, and he calls you on the codex sometimes, and I have no fucking idea who he is yeah, and yeah. everybody keeps calling him master and i'm like who the fuck is and it ends up being like liquid in disguise but he's disguised as a real person who i still don't know who the fuck that is yeah agreed yeah and, I, um, I feel like that with like a third of the game but yeah i agree with you i have no idea who the fuck that guy is yeah no no clue who that guy is um but then like you're sneaking through these areas and then they, they come up with all this information about um like the fox died this is like where you get the information about the disease and you're like wait there's another angle to this shit. Yeah, this is the third book. Like, we've already yeah, got the bomb. We've already keeps... got the cloning. Now let's read the book about the disease too. Yeah, and once once you get to later Metal Gear Solid games, all the books are about nano machines. Fuck. Um, uh, I think you'll like three though. If I'm being honest, like if you, if you like if you like the fact that this is like an a, a spy movie, you'll love three. Yeah, I'll play it eventually. I will probably. I mean, I want to. It's, uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 fucking rules. It's my favorite one for sure. But uh, anyway, back to Metal Gear Solid 1. Yeah. Um, then then you get to the Vulcan Raven fight. And this fight, once you figure it out, is really cool. Yeah, I like that one. Um, you're fighting him in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. And I spent a lot of time trying to hit him with missiles. And I found that it was working like sometimes. But if he catches your missile, he'll shoot it before it can hit him. Yeah. And so, like, it gets uh, obnoxious. And, like, halfway through the fight, I was like, wait a minute. Why don't I just place down mines everywhere and wait for this guy to just die? Yeah, that was all you do is you just put the mines down and then the sucker mini runs after you and he blows up over and over and over again. (laughs) And it's like he never clues into the fact that, like, wait a minute. Maybe he wants me to run over there. He just keeps running over there. Yeah, I I just put down Claymore mines everywhere and then just sat in a corner and waited for him to die. And so... Then there's that boss fight. Then you have the key thing. Oh, I hate the it. key card thing. I, I think it's the worst part it. of the game. I, I I think that it's there to pad runtime, and I don't know why. The concept like, of it game, is cool. This game, like for an action game, like it's uh, I think my my account was like twelve hours, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twelve, yeah, twelve hours or yeah. something. Yeah, if it's, you know where you're going. Yeah, it's not. It's not a. Yeah, yeah, and that's twelve hours is if you know where you're going and you've played this game forty times like I have. Yeah, you know, it's not a short game, so I don't know why they need to pad the runtime. So essentially, no. what this is, you have like this. Um, this there's, there's uh, three key cards that are three, to override three computers, gear. and you need you have one key card, and essentially you put in the first key card at room temperature. Yeah. Then you have to run back to a freezer, stand in the freezer for two minutes straight. Run back before it turns back into room temperature. Yeah, before Keith, it warms up. Part. Yeah, before it warms up, you have to run back because, like, have you ever? I, not, I didn't happen this runtime, but I've had it where, like, I was doing the last card and I almost got there, and it turned back to room temperature. Uh, I know I made it with all three, but that would have yeah, pissed me. I, right I made off. it with all three this time, but I've had it happen before, and it's really obnoxious. Yeah. So yeah, it's like it's one card and it's room temperature. Then you got to make it cold, and then it changes to a different card. Then you got to make it hot and then run back before it cools off. And then it's three yeah. different cards. Like I get the concept. I even think the concept is cool, but the running back and forth and back and forth is just irritating. I don't understand it. So and then, and then we come to the two final bosses of this game. Yeah, which, which both are suck. like, fuck you, Konami, because so, like the game is is hard, but it's manageable. Yeah. 
So then you, but yeah. this boss fight, you have to luck the fuck out. The well, the liquid snake one where you fight him up on top of the thing is just—I just found it boring. Like, and I did die yeah, on it that, a few times, was, but it felt like a Dark yeah, Souls fight where you just learn the pattern, and then it's just a matter of how patient are you. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. It, well, and, and like you have to be patient during that fight, but there's also a three-minute timer for a yeah. nuclear bomb to go off. Yeah. So you're like, do I be patient? Do I be quick? But let's talk about let's talk about the Metal Gear Rex boss fight so he gets in this giant metal robot and you have to fight it with the stinger missiles yeah this is annoying and yeah. here's why because every attack that he does and he does an attack every three seconds you have to be moving to avoid it yeah but you can't attack when you're moving you can't attack when you're moving and when you when you put on the stinger missiles you can't move oh. while you're holding the stinger missile launcher i hated that boss like i tweeted the other day that like 50% of all final bosses suck this is one of them this boss fight is yeah. just so fucking stupid the game it's it's like the tank one but 100 times worse cuz the controls and the mechanics of the game don't work for what they're trying to do with this boss fight and it's and the actual robot itself is too tall so you end up having to like like you pull out your missiles and then you slowly have to pan upward. Yeah. And this one sucks. I spent like an hour and a half doing like the whole like gamer rage thing yeah. over this boss fight. I admittedly um, only beat it with save states. I, I'll, I'll with, be honest. I don't care. I save stated it or I wouldn't have beat it. <laughs> like, and I was just so fucking angry. Fuck. What's worst? What's the worst about this? I actually, um, uh, I, I, I just beat Ninja Gaiden for the first time, and I did the same thing with the final boss. I was just like, I save stated, I save stated like between each boss because there's no fucking way I'm going back and doing the whole thing again. Yeah. But anyway, um, in at the in Metal Gear Solid, you have this fight with Metal Gear Rex, and you and it's so hard, and finally you'll fucking beat him. And then they play this cutscene where Gray Fox comes back and is like trying to destroy the radon, the radar on Metal Gear Rex for some reason. And he's like, I'm going to stop it from moving, which, by the way, he does not do. And after this cutscene, there's like a part where Gray Fox dies, and then you have the second part of the boss fight. Right. Yes. Yes. And if you lose at the second, uh, at the second part of the boss fight, you go back. So the first part of the boss fight. Yeah. Which is a problem which in a annoying. lot of video games. Yeah. Which is like, that's, that's fine. But here's what's annoying about that is that between the two sets of boss fights, there's a cutscene that you can skip and there's a cutscene that you cannot. So you have to watch that cutscene where Gray Fox is like, come on, snake, shoot me, shoot me now, shoot me with the missiles. Every fucking time yeah. you die on this boss fight which you will die a lot yeah I, I honestly dude like i don't remember ever beating this as a kid i think i did but i was so close to being like fuck it i'll youtube the ending i'm fucking done i was so yeah. close like what a, it's a fun good great game and then just this fucking shit ass fucking ugh. yeah uh, and fuck. like and like there's a boss fight that's similar to this in metal gear solid 2 but it works better for the type of game that Metal Gear Solid 2 is. Right. That's And that's my problem with the boss fight. There's worse boss fights out there. It's just the controls aren't meant to work with this kind of boss fight. That's all. Yes, exactly. Uh, then you have the last boss fight, which is just like, it's a fifty cuff with Liquid Snake. Yeah, which is kind and of... And I have one big fucking problem with this boss fight. What's that? Because it's not hard. No, it's not. 
it's not that hard. It's just a fist fight with Liquid Snake, and you have three minutes to beat him, and you have the exact same amount of health, both yeah. of you. Yeah. No rations, no nothing. It's just man to man fist fight. Cool concept. Cool concept, yeah. But there is a big problem with it: is that every time you hit Liquid Snake, he gets damage, like damage invincibility, which he always uses to combo you. Yeah. Yeah, it's just and sometimes you'll punch him once and he'll immediately go into that invincibility before you can combo him. Yeah. And then he'll just kick the shit out of you. And you're like, oh, here's a tip for all the game developers out there. You don't have to make the final boss excruciatingly difficult and frustrating. Some of the funnest games I've played, the final boss is just a normal fight. And then you beat him and you're like, holy fuck, it's over. Like, that's all you have to do. It doesn't have to be cheap garbage. It doesn't have to kill us 12 times. You don't have to do that. Just let us finish the game. We just gave you 15 plus hours of our life. Let us just finish the fucking game and move on. One that comes to mind is like the Ganondorf fight in Ocarina of Time is not hard, but it's really fun. Or frankly, oh, actually, I thought the Ganon fight in Breath of the Wild was kind of shitty, but at least it wasn't super hard. Like, just make it... Oh, the, the, yeah, that, that's almost too easy, I think. Yeah. But, like, I just want to beat the game. Just let me finish the fucking or like, game. Or even, like, Bowser, like, the Bowser fight in Mario Odyssey. It's just really fun. Yeah, exactly. So all it has to fucking you be. Know? Then you have to do that. Okay, so, like, we're over an hour. I'm going to fucking wrap this up. Uh, no, I can't, I've never done an episode this long. There, well, all you Metal Gear Solid fans, now you're happy. You got your fucking... We just broke down the entire game. Yeah, we, you, went through, we went through it. There's no stone unturned on no. this fucking thing. All that's left now is the car chase scene where you have to get away. You're in the car. and Yeah, it's, and it's this, one's, this one's, again, this is very easy, but I also think it's kind of a nice touch. I thought it was perfect. That's a nice ending. Yeah. Get us out of here. It explodes, and now we can take off. That's fucking perfect. It's all we needed. Yeah. That should have been the final. And Snake go out into the thing, and then after the end credits, you find out that Ocelot was the bad guy the whole time. And Yeah. He was yeah. working for uh, Solidus Snake, which, of course, is a, a, a total lead-up to Metal Gear Solid 2. Now, here's the dealio. I, we have gone over a lot of things I like and a lot of things that I don't. I do not like that you can't shoot in first-person mode. Oh, mode. Me I think crazy. that's bullshit. And even if you could, using the fucking triangle button and the circle button, that would be awkward, I think. Yeah. Even if you could, but, but you I, can't. But Okay, go ahead. Um, I think that the game looks like shit. I think... But I think it plays phenomenally. That's what's like so bizarre about it. Yeah, I think that if you had been able to shoot in first person and stuff, it almost would have broke some of the game. You know, it's the same as yeah, people... Yeah, like it might, it might have been too easy. Yeah, those original Resident Evil games have those fucking awful tank controls, but I don't think the game would work as well without the tank controls because it adds to the atmosphere, right? And so, like, it's, my, my problem is not with the controls and not being able to shoot in Metal Gear. It's with the fact that they tried to push in a couple of scenes in boss fights where it's like they think you should be able to, but you can't. Like, that's my problem yeah. with it. If it's built around it, that's fine. It's just there's the odd scene where I'm like, this clearly feels like I should be able to run and shoot, but I can't fucking run and shoot. You know what I mean? Well, and of the first, of the first like, original Saga Metal Gear Solid 1 through 4 games, I always count 5 as, like, a different thing because there's two 5s, Metal right. Gear Solid 5. There's two games called Metal Gear Solid 5. Right. Um, I always count 1 through 4 as, like, a different thing than 5. Um, and of the first four, this one's my least favorite for sure, but I love them all so much. Yeah. Like they all, they all are deeply personal games to me because I played them at such like a vulnerable time in my life that I will always take, I, I, I've always said that if I were to get a a video game tattoo, it would be from this game. Yeah, Yeah. They're like, I'm not even the world's biggest metal gear fan. This is the only one I've played through to the end. Um, 
But even I'm like, dude, this game is just so ridiculously important. And that case is so iconic. It's and Snake is awesome. Yeah. And it it's just, it's, it's, it's Metal Gear Solid. It's, it's one of the Hall of Fame franchises. Like, I'm, I'm glad it took a, I'm glad we finally got around to covering this stupid game on this fucking show because uh, this game on this stupid podcast is what I was trying to say because it belongs on there. Like, if we've talked Metal, if we've talked Mario Brothers and we've talked Donkey Kong, we've talked Final Fantasy, we've talked Halo and all these other, like, Metal Gear Solid is right there with all of them as far as its impact on the industry. Absolutely. Especially in like the past one, because it feels like they're done with it now. Yeah. Like, which is, which is good, you know, like ultimately because chronologically, I think the, no, the last one is called metal gear rising chronologically. And that game is fucking awesome, but really short. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with them being over it. Like eventually it's just, everything comes to an end. Just stop. That's fine. Have you you, you ever played You've never played Metal Gear Rising, right? I've only ever played the first one and then part of the second one that I hated and then I was done. Oh, Metal Gear Rising is a super fucking awesome game. Um, but it's a, it's a Raiden game. You play as Raiden. Oh, I fucking hate that little weenie. Um, but it's, uh, it's, but Metal Gear, don't, don't get me wrong. Metal Gear Rising is fucking awesome. It's a really cool game. Right. I'll have to play. I'll play more of them eventually. I promise. They're on my list. I'll play more of them eventually. Okay, we got to shut yeah, this down. I'll, These people have to get off right. their lives. I know everyone's got nothing yeah. to do right now, but we've taken a lot of their nothing to do time. Uh, Ab- okay. Absolutely. How how are we ranking this bad uh, boy? Fuck, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Fucking out of 50, because I can't think of a clever way to word it. So on a scale out, of 1 to 50, of, what would you give Metal Gear Solid? I'm going to give it a 42. All right. That's pretty 42. I think I don't think it's perfect. But it did it did launch one of my favorite video game franchises of all time, um, and yeah, like it's it's it really is historical. It's it's definitely part of part of history yeah. forever now. Agreed. Yeah, I'll give it a forty. And honestly, half of that forty is because the game is fun, and half of it is just because of the influence it's had. Because it's not my favorite video game in the world. Like I don't know if I'll ever play it again. But I, I replayed I, it. I think I think I will. I like this game. Uh, good stuff, buddy. Thank you very much for doing this. And all you Metal Gear Solid fans, you finally got your episode. And Bradley came up with the idea, so thank you very much to him. <laughs> Have a great day. All right, buddy. That's going to do it for this week's episode, you guys. Bradley, thank you so much for coming on the show with me and talking Metal Gear Solid. And to every single one of you people listening to the show right now, thank you so, so much. Uh, we are getting close to episode 100. I have a Switch Lite to give away. Just send an email to memberthegame at gmail.com. It is in the description box with the email address. Give me your name and tell me what my favorite game of all time is. It's the only game to get a perfect 10 here on the show. You will be entered into the draw. Or... You can enter into the draw by signing up over at patreon.com slash remember the game. It's only two bucks a month. You get automatically entered into that draw. You get to vote on games that we're going to talk about. You get to submit questions for the Q&A and you get an extra episode of the podcast every fucking Sunday, including all the old episodes. So that's a great deal for two bucks if you don't hate the sound of my voice. Um, thanks for listening, you guys. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I'll be back on Sunday with Expansion Passes Q&A episode, and I'll be back next week with episode 98 of Remember the Game. Wash your hands, clean your controllers, look out for giant hornets, don't play Mario Sunshine, and I'll talk to you again in a few days. Cheers.